Turn your Bible to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Brother Eric read from this a little while ago. And I want to single out this, these two verses, Acts 1, 10, and 11. Now keep in mind the disciples had asked Jesus, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They were thinking about the second coming of Jesus, or really, they still did not understand that he would come twice. They thought that after the crucifixion and they saw him alive again, that this was the time when he would establish the kingdom in Israel. They knew he was the king who took, who, who was uh, in the rightful heir of David's throne. And they knew the scriptures that there was coming one, a great prophet who would one day occupy the throne of David. And so they said, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus introduced the thought of the great postponement. Dr. W.A. Criswell speaks of this period called the church age or the age of grace as the great postponement the time between his first coming and his second coming. And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath given to his own hand, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what we're to do until Jesus comes. This is the commission. It is repeated over and over again in the scripture Jesus himself said, go ye into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with, with you always, even at the end of the age. In Luke, he said, you are witnesses of these things. In John, he said, as the Father hath sent me, so send I you. In Acts, he said, ye shall receive power, go into all the world, and be a witness in Jerusalem and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Then Paul picks up the same refrain and in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 he says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's dead be reconciled to God. For God hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And so, between the first Christmas and the second Christmas. We're in the great postponement. We're in the church age. We're in the age of grace, the age of the Holy Spirit, the age when we're to tell the whole world, go tell it on the mountain, Jesus Christ is real, he is alive. That's what the napkins have been doing for many, many years in Mexico. That's what Brother Johnny's been doing at Riverside all these years. That's what Tak and Lana Oi have been doing for 34 years in Japan. That's what Larry Doyle has done, a young man from our church who at one time was president of the seminary in Quito, Ecuador. That's what Edna Hughes is doing in Yemen. Yemen. And all across the world, there are people getting the gospel out. Many of them have been part of our church. Now, between that first coming and the second coming, this is our responsibility. The offering we gave tonight was to get the gospel out. These maps show us the mission stations of the world and we're to give that the whole world may know. 
And then Jesus ascended. This was a shock to the disciples. It was both sad and exciting. They could hardly believe what they were seeing. This Jesus, who died on a cross, and they knew he was dead, and they were hopeless, and Peter said, I'm going fishing. And a few days later, they saw him alive. And he was with them for 40 days, sometimes apparent, sometimes they could not see him. And now, he gives them this commission. Ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, under the uttermost parts of the earth until I come. And then they went out there and saw him begin to go up into heaven and they stood there looking and gazing. There must have been tears. They couldn't understand. And while they kept gazing into heaven, two angels came and he said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, whom you've seen go into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. What a promise. That promise set them ablaze. They obeyed the word of Jesus. They stayed in Jerusalem for 10 days together in that upper room. And then the power of the Holy Ghost came upon them and they began to tell the Lord's story. And on one day, 3,000 people got saved. Another day, 5,000 people. And in a few years, there were thousands and thousands. And the gospel was spread all around the then known world. But part of the word they were preaching is, he is coming again. There's going to be another Christmas. It'll be different from the first Christmas. The angel said, the same Jesus that's the Jesus that was born in Bethlehem's manger. That's the Jesus that was prophesied all through the ages. He is coming. He is coming. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There will come a star out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. He is coming. And behold, he came. And his name was called Emmanuel. He touched blind eyes and caused them to see interrupted funeral processions, raised dead people to life. They took him to the cross. They nailed those nails in his hands. The other night in the living Christmas tree service, we had that dramatic representation of the cross. When the Lord was carrying the cross down to Calvary, and he could hardly stand under the crush of it. It wasn't just the load of the cross, it was the load of our sins. Our sins put him on the cross and they nailed him there. They placed that cross with a thud in the hole and the blood of God streamed down that old rugged cross. That story has been told around the world and it's that story, that gospel that has changed my life and your life. But the scripture says, this same Jesus, the same one, is coming like you have seen him go. Now, his second coming, I have not long to speak on this tonight, but his second coming is in two similes. He's coming in the air for his own. This is often called the rapture. He's coming to the earth with his own. Between that period is a terrible tribulation period when the rule of the Antichrist will be felt in tyranny around the world. 
When he comes in the air for his own, it'll be like a thief in the night. We don't know when he's coming. He could come tonight. He could come tomorrow. He could come Christmas Eve. He could come Christmas Day. It may be a hundred years, it may be a thousand. But this hope needs to be in our minds all the time. He is coming and the sounds of the, uh, the signs of the time lead us to look up, knowing that our redemption draweth nigh. He is coming and when he comes, the dead in Christ will rise first. Some of you will go out to the grave tomorrow or Christmas day where one of your loved ones is buried. You'll stand there a few moments and remember with gratitude. But remember that one day you may be standing by that grave and all of a sudden there'll be a resurrection. I don't know that the grave will have to be opened. Remember Jesus' grave was not open so he could get out. It was open so we could get in and see that he wasn't there. And so those graves will be empty. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we ever be with the Lord. We'll never be separated from him again. We'll be with him in person forever. Here on the earth things will get much worse. You think of the rule in Afghanistan that has brought women to shame and men in tragedy. You think of Iraq and the ruler there. You think of Hitler. You think of Tojo. You think of all those wicked men through the ages who have tried to bear the rule of the devil on people. That's nothing compared to what it will be in the tribulation. If you're here tonight and you're not saved and Jesus should come, you'll go through that awful period of tribulation. At the end of that period, the armies of the earth will be gathered around Jerusalem to battle. That valley of Jezreel, which extends from Haifa, over on the Mediterranean Sea, across to Mount Tabor, and down to the jungle of the Jordan, and down to Jericho. That whole area will be a terrible battlefield. And the Bible says the blood will come up to the horse's bridles. You think that's impossible? They tell us that in this Afghanistan battle, 200 have been killed at one time. In one battle, a thousand have died. My brother tells about going into Okinawa at the invasion. And he could hardly talk about it. He said as they waited from the ship through all that water, up to their chest, he had to wade through the dead bodies of his own team. And then they got further onto Okinawa, and there were bloody bodies everywhere. Well, that's just a little picture of what it'll be like at the Battle of Armageddon. And then Jesus is coming. And the Bible says he's coming with 10,000 of his saints and he will bring judgment on all the ungodly and all the wicked. And then he'll establish his kingdom throne forever. That's the Christmas yet to be. Jesus is coming again. I do not know the day. I do not know the hour. But for us to leave that out of the gospel, to leave it out of the preaching of the word, is to sin 
against the truth of the word because Christ is coming again. I don't know when. Even so, come Lord Jesus. May we pray. Our Father, we thank you that Jesus is coming again. It may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be any moment. Help us to tell that old, old story while there's time. Lord, give us a burden to get the gospel out to the lost here in Bowling Green, in Warren County, in Kentucky, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Thank you for men and women like the Napkins who have spent their whole life, the best years of their life, pouring into the lives of others, trying to win precious souls to Christ. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to not be afraid, not be ashamed, and not be lazy, but to go with the glorious gospel. And we pray that if there's one person here tonight who is not saved, that one will come to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. What is our hymn? 159, Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. Out of my bondage, sorrow, and night, Jesus, I come to thee. Friend, if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I will urge you to come to Christ just like you are. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Just come and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm coming to you. And then there are some who've already come to Christ. You, you know you're a Christian. You're saved. I want to ask you, are you really a witness for him? Is your heart ablaze to see people come to Jesus? Could we do more than we're doing? There may be someone who would come tonight and say in light of the coming of Christ, the Christmas yet to be, I want to offer my life on the altar to do more, to be a more faithful witness, to be what Jesus wants me to be. While we sing, while we pray, wait, would you come?